You are listening to The Exchange. I'm your host, Dr. Lorraine. Good evening, everybody. Today I have my guest, Cedric and Rosalind Austin, who have decided to join me today. I feel so honored and privileged for them to be here on The Exchange podcast. And we are going to be talking about ministering as husband and wife team. And they have been doing this for several years. So welcome. Thank you. It's so great to be a part of this ministry you started. Yes. Wow. This is this is awesome. This is really good. Well, I am so excited to be sharing with our audience all of the things that you guys have been involved with. You guys have been doing so many different things. But I wanted, for those of you who do not know this amazing couple, um, I wanted you guys just to go ahead and just tell us a little about yourself, where you're from, your family, education, ministry, what you're kind of doing now, whatever you guys want to share with us. Okay. Okay. So I am Cedric Austin, um, my wife, Rosalind Austin. We have been, well, I'll speak for myself. <laughs> I have been in ministry it's like all of my life yes. in some sort of ministry. So I was raised in church. I was five years old when my mother um, found Pentecost. She got the Holy Ghost when I was five and we started going to an apostolic church, UPCI church. And um, I was in children's choir, every, every choir, yes. junior choir, youth choir, adult choir, all the ensembles leading worship. So the, for the most part, I was in music ministry, a worship leader, choir director. And um, I didn't realize, I didn't know, for, I, didn't, well, I didn't know, and I was, was going to say for sure, but I didn't know at all that God was going to have me where I am today as mm-hmm. far as speaking. So I'll give you a little bit of history. When I was a child, I stuttered quite a bit. Hmm. And obviously the Lord doesn't use people who stutter, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's not in the Bible. But um, I stuttered when I talked. I did not stutter when I sang. And so I kind of, I leaned a lot more on singing than I did. Mm-hmm. I was a very shy kid, very quiet kid for the most part. As I got older, you know, I kind of started teaching in Sunday school and things like that. So God was preparing me uh, for ministry. I just didn't know what the aspect of that ministry was going to look like. Mm-hmm. And so what we do now as a married couple, that didn't really start until several years into yeah. Our, our marriage and so for mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that and saying that I was in music ministry for a long time still in music ministry it's a part of our ministry but it's, he's, it is he's just a singing a, preacher yeah it's, just, it's a part <laughs> sure. versus, uh, so and you're from you're from Pensacola is that right from Florida uh, originally or yes first okay, Pentecostal the- church is the church that I was raised in the Brian Kinsey's church. Yes. Okay. I had been there one time and I just remember seeing that beautiful mural on that wall. Yes. And uh, that's what I remember the most about that. I think it's w- yes. Yes. I think it's W Street. Right. Is it W Street? Beautiful stained glass. Yes. Yes. It's beautiful. Beautiful. I've been there once and I will never forget Brother Brian Kinsey preaching. Woke me up out of my. Um, being there on that time when the time change was different, you know, Arizona, we don't change times. And I was like dead asleep, but get him preaching. And I was like, Woo, I felt the Lord. It was good. So <laughs> that's him. Yeah, that was like my second home. So yeah. I am first generation apostolic. Mm-hmm. I got in church um, when I was 23, 24. I am a divorcee. I have an amazing son from my first marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, He's 28 now. He's, yep. he's, in fact, he's 28 and married now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, but I got in church at that age. So I raised my son in church and 
I'm very thankful. My church was about 30 minutes from my husband's church. Okay. Um, I got in church in Milton, Florida under Pastor Larry Webb. Um, amazing preacher man. Asian preacher man. Amazing. <laughs> and I'm very thankful for my home church because even as a kid, I'd always knew that God had his hand on me, even though I hadn't found my way to receiving the Holy Ghost and being baptized until I was in my 20s and in college, actually, when mm -hmm. I got here. That the college outreach works. <laughs> uh, one of my, one of my, um, the vice president, I was student government president, the vice president who happened to be an apostolic woman of God invited me to church several times over and that's how I ended up in church. I got the Holy Ghost and got baptized in Jesus name, my first service. Wow. Like God was like, look, we got to get oh. this done. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm thankful for it because my life forever changed. But I always knew that God had a plan for me. Mm -hmm. uh, my life has its own story and, and we don't have time to get in that for now. But I grew up praying all the time. I grew up loving the word of God. And so I knew despite the things in my life, my personal yeah. life that was going on, I knew God had some sort of plan. And I always, always, always loved church. Like I love being in the presence of God or a house of God or somewhere where I knew God would be. And I understood he was everywhere, but something about being together with the body. And so it's, I kind of look back on that and I look at where I'm at now and I'm like, oh, it makes sense. Um, and so I, when I got into my church, I was able to operate in the gifts of the spirit as God used me. My pastor was very um, loving and caring and allowing God to develop in people as as God developed, as a spirit developed in an individual. And so I was able to kind of grow in my prayer life and grow in my ministry life and grow in serving. And I served in everything I could. Um, I sung in the choir. I, you know, helped with youth. I stood on, you know, fundraising on the street corners and washing cars, tent revival, street ministry and evangelism, baptizing people in parks, wow. all the things, all the things that he would just be like, Sister Rosalind, go right ahead. <laughs> time going to ministry conferences and taking ministry training courses because my pastor understood that God had a hand on me. I was in leadership at my church. I was a single leader at my church for several years. I really enjoyed being a part of that. It taught me a lot about the operation of a church. And then I went to him one day and I said, I think, you know, God, because I didn't know anything about being licensed, right? Getting a, a license in ministry. That wasn't a thing in my world and, until it was. And in my training, it came up and I was like, oh, maybe I should get licensed. And I understood that license for me was beginning to end. So local general ordination, like it was like you're gonna get licensed and, and, my, and, and my calling and how God was leading me, it's getting the whole thing. Yeah. And so I currently now have my general license, which I actually got here in Missouri district after mm -hmm. my husband, and we'll share about that relationship. But after we got married, we relocated here. And so both of us are licensed ministers within the UPCI. We both have our general mm -hmm. license. Um, and yeah, I, I think I, I really am walking out the, the dreams and visions that God had given me even before I knew um, what it would take to get there or uh, that there was a process. Like I just knew that God was gonna do something with me. I, I'm an Old Testament girl. I love the Old Testament and he'd always have me studying those things out. So I knew, I just didn't know what it was going to be fully look like, like how he would do it. Because with my background, I just really didn't think there was room for me at the table to be a licensed minister or an acceptance of me at the table to be a licensed minister. But God's good like that. And here we I are. didn't, 
And I think that there's a lot of people that, um, and again, I don't want to go into it too much, but a lot of people that feel that way too, that still feel that way too, you know, in your testament to there is room at the table, you know, there is room at the table. So that that's an amazing testimony. So you guys have a daughter together. Yeah. How old is she? Oh, she 15. Will, she's 15. She'll be 16 in the summer. She'll turn yeah. 16 in the summer. And she is living her best <laughs> peak MK child of God life. Like she's doing all the things, traveling everywhere. Yes. She gets um, to travel with us mostly. Yeah. Go. So yeah. she's loving that part. She's loving that. And honestly, coming as a first generation, I am loving the experience of watching my children um, grow up in church and serve God. Yeah. And so that, that for me is, is I always say it's better than Christmas, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's better than that feeling you get when you open that gift, because that's what I prayed for. And that's what I want for everybody. So to see it operated and, and come to pass in my children. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It, it warms my heart a great deal. So before I go into my next question, I just wanted to mention some of the things that you guys are doing now, because I know that you guys are going to be doing some things um, overseas. Um, and so I wanted, you know, our listeners to know kind of what that is in case they want to get plugged in with that um, helping as well. So um, what is that going to kind of look like for you guys? Where are you guys planning on going? Well, so I'll say this. So separately, we have been overseas. So before Mary, I went to go visit a friend who was on AIM. And so I went and was able to minister in Scotland there at the Baba College. Um, We went to Ireland and London and all that little area. And so that was my first time going overseas. (laughs) So then we got married. Yeah. And she had been ministering, you know, slowly but surely. And she got asked to go minister overseas. overseas. Yeah. I forgot what your first one was. Colombia. Uh, Colombia, South America. And I used to live in Germany as a yeah. kid. I grew up a military dependent. I'm also a Navy mm-hmm. veteran um, myself. But I, my first love for yeah. all things global came when I was in the third grade living in Germany when I learned that castles are real. <laughs> <laughs> Every little girl's dream. So that sparked the interest right there. And then growing up in the military community and traveling a lot. I always knew when God called me in that I would, I used to call myself before it was a thing, an international evangelist. I said, that's my calling. And this Mm -hmm. is when I got married. I'm going to be an international evangelist. I'm broke right now. But one day, (laughs) one day God's going to do it. And he has. And so my husband- but it, wasn't, I, it wasn't that trip though. It no. was another trip that you went on where the missionary- With the Corbins in yeah, Bangladesh. He brought so, it up to you. He yeah. said, he told you what? Yeah, he, he told me I need to go ahead and apply to be an associated yes. a, associated minister- With global missions. With global missions. I had to get the title right. And at that time, you didn't even know what it was, no. but we did some research and she said, babe, I think this is something that we should do. So yeah. we both- mm-hmm applied to become associated ministers with global missions and, and we so both were approved application got approved yes which that gives us a way to one to be able to do pins or partners in missions so mm-hmm. receive funds uh to help us go uh, from different mm-hmm. or whoever wants to um be a part of that uh, and it kind of gives it gives us a opportunity to evangelize yeah. internationally under global missions. Under global missions. I always say I, I like things, um, call it my military background, yeah. decent and in order. And it's a biblical thing as well. We mm-hmm. should right. 
work within the structure that God's yeah. placed us in, as long as it's lined up with the word. Yeah. And so it worked out. So you want to go over there and partner yeah. with someone. We don't want to just go do our own thing. We want to, if there's something already happening, we want to go mm -hmm. partner with that missionary or that pastor who, who is there. And be a blessing while yeah. we're there. And so recently we were invited to go minister at a mental health conference being held over in um, Belgium. Yeah. And so, which was perfect because I'm also currently the um, the Center for Public Counseling Vice President right now. Mm -hmm. And it's an amazing ministry resource. Yes. And I am an advocate for counselors. I see one myself. Mm -hmm. um, I think, especially if you've been through any kind of trauma drama, it just makes, yeah. it just makes things not just easier or better, but for me as a minister of the gospel, it also aids me in ministering as well. I'm yeah. learning so many things that I think are benefiting how I minister and, and what I share and how I share it to help the body of Christ. But with that, we're going to try to go ahead and help some other churches while we're there and minister mm -hmm. um, in a couple of places. Yeah. And God we have been to anymore. Brussels before. Yes. And we took our daughter with us that time. That was her first that mission was her, trip. Her first overseas trip, mission yes. trip. And she thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. And so we were like, you know what, we're going to bring her with us this time. Mm -hmm. And it, that being said, we have to raise those funds separately for <laughs> her than us two. Yeah. And so we've been trying to do both and we're raising money for that through global missions and then also through just like Cash App and Bimbo and those kinds mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. giving. We're, we are, we just like, we're overwhelmed yeah. by the generosity of the body and the love and of people. I have no doubt we're going to meet our goal and what we yeah. need. Mm -hmm. I'm just excited about it. And but I definitely want to make it will be in the fall. You guys yeah. are going. And yeah. I definitely want to make sure that when this podcast comes up, that we do a link to, you know, to whoever who wants to continue to give. Um, and so make sure that that is available for anybody that wants to help with this ministry. I think that that's the coolest gig ever, like a missionary evangelist. Yes. <laughs> like, it's, it's perfect. We don't feel yet that God has called us to reside overseas, though I have a love mm -hmm. for all things global. Yeah. Right. My hashtag forever and still is, yeah. is I am global because that is just my heartbeat. Mm -hmm. We support missions a lot. Um, we were church planners here for about five oh, years yes. under North American missions um, and where we live at until God transitioned us more into the evangelistic field. Yeah. So we just have a love for getting the gospel to, mm -hmm. to everybody, yeah. to, to the, the world. whole gospel, to the whole world. Yeah. That is truly yeah. our heart. That's awesome. And you mentioned, Roslyn, that you are part of the Center for Apostolic Counseling. And, you know, I'm in a clinical therapy program currently, um, done pastoral counseling, human service. So that's another reason why I love that you're here, because a lot of the things that trying to do here on the exchange is kind of tie it into mental health, um, getting the awareness out and knowing that you guys are part of that and, you know, helping with this mental health seminar and doing all these things. I think it's so incredible. And the way that you minister, like you said, is just so much different. i um, being able to be saying like, I go to a counselor, I go to somebody and you know what, that's okay. Um, but I also want to mention you guys are so involved in so many things, but I can't, I don't want to, I don't want to miss anything, but I do want to mention you guys are part of, are you guys on the board of build a bridge? Is that part okay? So that's another kind of ministry that you're a part of. Okay. I'm the North Central Building the Bridge Director. Uh, for okay. We have six regions, and so we are right under the director for Building the Bridge. We just help support what he's doing, and when and, and it is a UPCI um, yeah entity, but um <laughs> a ministry I'll say, and um we we both enjoy doing that, and that particular ministry 
is basically doing evangelism to the black community. Mm -hmm. um, and I love it because we, the body of Christ looks like everything. Yes. Right. We want to be intentional about reaching everyone. And so that is, that is a passion for that, that Bishop Bernard has and Bishop Henry has, and we are right under him. Just do what we can to help see that through. And and awesome. I want to tag into that. Mm -hmm. I, when I got into the church, there were not as many people in my community where I was at that look like me, that are African-American. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so it was a small population of us in the church, but we were very loved mm -hmm. by our pastor. And sometimes it's not necessarily just, because I wanted to add this, it's not just that maybe the ministry or the leadership is not as intentional. Sometimes a community yeah. is not as intentional. And since the community is who fills the pews in a church, then there has to be that work done about loving right. everyone right. as Christ has mm -hmm. loved them. And being mindful that a lot of people outside the church doors are dealing with people that are very blatant in yeah. their like of different cultures and races yes. and gender even right mm -hmm. and so the church does have to play a role or should play a role in being very intentional about loving and understanding um that people go through things in this world and when they come in the church they want to feel like though you may not have a bad bone in your body you know they've come through a lot of bad bones outside the church yes. <laughs> you know and they want to feel safe and they want to feel, feel loved and it's the same way with the mental health aspect um, you know, trauma-informed care, understanding that people that walk through your doors have already, many have already yeah. been traumatized by various things yeah. that most of us don't even want to think about. And so there are certain things we can do intentionally in the church to be aware of. When the church is intentional, yeah. we, right. we are informed. There you go. We're informed it. of what we should do. And so we are helping, really helping the church be intentional about what they're doing, about how they reach their communities. Yes. Right. And all aspects of that need. Yeah. And I've heard Brother Bernard say, you know, that we are going to have people in our church again that's gone through trauma, has gone through things, but we have to rise up and be able to minister to those people. And one of the things that I say all the time on this podcast is when we know better, we do better. Yes. Yeah. It's not enough to just be well-meaning because we have a lot of well-meaning people and I hear it all the time. They meant well and you know, praise God for people that mean well, but we've got to do well. It's so much more important to do well in any aspect of loving people and just... I think of, you know, my own journey and I'm not going to go too much into this, although, you know, it's just like we... It's supposed to be the sanctuary. The church is supposed to be the sanctuary. So we've got to be the sanctuary for people and uh, make them feel at peace and, and, and loved on all aspects. Um, so I wanted to go ahead and just go into my first question. And I know that you guys have been married for several years, but I wanted to ask, how did you guys meet? Ooh, so, Fun story. Go ahead. <laughs> so my church in Pensacola for years did a singles conference mm -hmm. uh, from the time my mom got into church when I was just little and the, our church had a big singles ministry. And so they had a conference going on for, when I say years, I mean, probably 20 years at least. And so I grew up in the singles ministry, per <laughs> se, because um, my mom went to everything. The, yeah. They had singles Bible study, they had singles, you know, little parties, and my mom was a single mother. And so mm -hmm. I am with my mom going to the singles things. And so um, at my church, 
we had a thriving singles ministry. And so our singles conference. And I want to add, because you've been to the church, but the church ran about a thousand. Mm-hmm. It was a really large church. Yeah. Yeah. And people came. Or large for us. Yeah. People came from all over the place to that singles conference. And I was involved in music. And so I was there every year once I became of age. So I would sing on the worship team and things like that. And so Roslyn's church was about 30 minutes from mine. Mm-hmm. And so at the time she was a singles leader at her church. Mm-hmm. So they would come over to our singles conference as well. Mm-hmm. I never knew who she was, but my friend at the time, his parents would have a social, social yeah. on Saturday night after the conference. Mm-hmm. So Saturday night, we would invite someone that, that could probably fit in the house. It was always packed out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she was there at the house. And so a, a mutual friend just introduced us. In passing. Hey, yeah. this is Seth, this is Rosalind, you know, so-and-so. Yeah. Um, she was in the kitchen, I think, yep, at the time. Yeah, that's where I was. <laughs> so, and I want to preface by saying this. My wife is a few years older than me, just five and a half, five and a half years or so. Okay, all but right. At the time, I was like 19, 20, and she was 25, 26, whatever, yeah. but I've been mm-hmm. Had a little kid and so mm-hmm. at that time i'm just a teenager basically yeah and mm-hmm. she's a young adult but had been married and had a kid yeah. mm-hmm. so i'm 19 and immature 20 and immature <laughs> so. i'm not even looking for you know whatever so but the time being yeah and i think and i wasn't looking at that time because i was recovering from a divorce and some trauma mm-hmm. involved yeah. in it trying to get my bearings as an apostolic woman of god single mom trying to navigate all of the pressures of that in life and healing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Neither one of us were at a, a place in time in our yeah. growth with God or our maturity even um, to be in a committed relationship. So thankfully that's yeah. not what that meeting created. It yeah. created a chance mm-hmm. for us to become friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I would say sometime between that meeting and a year later, mm-hmm we kind of connected and kind of just sort of kind of became friends talking, you know, here and there. And so, and then that, so the next year we did a bus trip down to South Florida to a singles banquet. Okay. The Florida district was having it or that church was having it. I'm not sure. You can't figure that out. Yeah. But, so their group came with us on our church bus. Because they had a really nice church bus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like a big Greyhound, cushion seat, all the things, play the music. Um, At the time, our church, which at the time, they didn't have one like that. And it was only a few was going. So it didn't make sense for our church to take, you know, four people on this huge bus. Mm -hmm. So we worked and partnered with his church singles group and we went down together. Together. And um, that's my first full memory of of actually connecting. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. seven eight hour ride and i'm talking to everybody on the bus you know at this time i'm not stuttering by the way god healed me when i was like nine, <laughs> I mean, just, that that in there. so i was like nine or ten so <laughs> later on in life i became a more i mean i, I talked a little bit more so anyways yeah. on the bus i'm communicating with everybody we're just having a good old time a blast right all the way down to to and i talk Orlando, with everybody I like yeah. i don't mean a stranger growing yeah. up I'm a, i love to talk i love yeah. people um, I actually was shy growing up, like not the public speaker type at all growing up. I can do one-on-one, I, you know, all day. I can do a small group of friends maybe, mm-hmm. but 
anything beyond that where I'm set apart and you have to yeah. look at me. Oh man, <laughs> I struggled a lot in my youth with a lot of um, a lot of insecurities due to some abuse and different things I went through. Yeah. And so I really was not ever thinking until God that I would be on anyone's platform because I had horrible stage fright, the kind where you cry and run off. Yeah. At this point, yeah. um, we were just chatting it up on the bus like yeah. I would with anybody. Like we were just, you know, yeah. and I typically am the one that like to give advice. So I was the advice giver on different things and <laughs> we're just chatting it up. And it was all different age groups on that bus. Yeah, all different was. age groups at the singles conference, of course. But we we connected, all the groups of friends connected. And after that, I think we just became friends mm -hmm. and became best friends. Yeah. So we were always together. And I'll say, I'll say this. We were best friends for like almost six, six years. years. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We moved beyond that. So for he moved. We were, that. well, yeah, we, we were best friends <laughs> between other relationships. Yep. Like I was dating other people. She was dating other he people. He had been engaged I had during engaged that time. One time. Okay. <laughs> oh, so, that didn't work out, praise God. But um <laughs> later on. After and I got out of church for a season as yeah, well. I got out of church for a couple of years, you know, just messed up and I was just I was done. And then finally I came back and Prayer the works. Lord, the Lord did some works. <laughs> yes, I'm a prodigal. I, I came back and um probably a year after that. Yeah, well, about six months after that, yeah. we went to my church did a um <laughs> a New Year's Eve. Uh, service normally mm -hmm. the service was like normal toward midnight or so but this mm -hmm. year we started early. at like eight o'clock yeah. and we did a service and after we hang out in the gym just no hot dogs and volleyball and that kind of stuff she did something different but i'm i want to i gotta yeah. i gotta speak the story up yeah. so <laughs> she did up she did something different normally she would go to her church and pray the new year the lord mm -hmm. told her do something different so her something different was to join your church to join my years. church so she came over to our church, walked in the gym door, and saw that we were not having church. We were <laughs> going eating hot dogs and hamburgers. What are y'all doing? Where's the prayer? Where's foot washing? Where's something? Yes. <laughs> so, but right before that, during the service, I had been praying and asking God for his will for my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ministry looked like, who he had for me to marry, all these kinds of questions. And I was sincerely praying. And the Lord showed me that night that it was her. Wow. And I said, uh, what? Like, there's no way. Like in my mind, no, it can't. <laughs> I had an, I was a I was sure it was yeah. her. And so I said nothing, but she comes over. We decided to go eat at uh, one of our favorite restaurants. Um, they had a little television at the end of the table where you could watch the ball drop. And so we went over to the restaurant and we sat there talking. Had a little TV on to watch the ball drop because it was after midnight when we got there. Well, right before midnight because the ball yeah. hadn't dropped yet. Well, it was in New York. Yeah. They were our behind us, right? Our ahead of us. Yeah, something like that. So anyway, we were there waiting for that. So we're talking and she's sharing with me what the Lord has spoken to her. In prayer. In prayer. <laughs> in, in prayer, I did not get a name or <laughs> picture or image or anything like that. Um, I was literally praying on the way to meet him at his church to spend time with them praying in the new year and so me and the lord was having our moment and he literally spoke to me like it was the most surreal moment at, at that time and the atmosphere changed and he said the things that you've been praying for 
you're, they're going to come to pass. And of course, because I've been praying for so many things for so long, mm-hmm. my mind went straight to, oh, I know God one day, one day, you know, that's what we tell ourselves one day, mm-hmm. you know, and he's like, no, they're going to be tangible. And I was like, but I, I know the things I've been praying. Like, that's a lot of things to get done, Lord. <laughs> like, like, you know. And, and interestingly, so she had a little small Bible yes. that she carried everywhere with her. And in the Bible, was it in? I had my thing? prayers listed out in the back. All these prayers listed. And I left a space next to them for when they would come to pass. Mm-hmm. I had written them down years before yeah. God gave me this work. And so when we got together and we went to out to eat and we're hanging out, I decided to share with him that moment that God had given me. And literally while I was sitting there talking to him, I paused and I said, you're my type and shadow. And he's like, what are you talking about? Yes. I said, this time next year, I'm going to be married. And the person already knows. And the Lord is going, if he doesn't do what God's told him to do, then God will make me another, but I will be married this time next year. And I'm looking at her like, yeah, like I said nothing, but I'm staring at her like. So I didn't know what God had told him. So I was just sharing what God had told me. (laughs) (laughs) So that was. Were you saying that God told you that you were going to marry him or you were just going to be both be married next? Okay. That I would be married. You would be married. Yeah. And I didn't know who the person was. I said, but God but does. But she said but the person I, knows. But, he, but the Lord impressed in me that the person knew. Ooh. Whoever this individual was, he knew that he, he was like, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he said not a word. Yes. So 2004. Yeah. Okay. January 1st. So eight months later. <laughs> was when I got the nerve to actually say something to her because once you go past friendship and it doesn't work out, majority of the time it doesn't go back. And so I was mostly afraid to say anything. Because we were so close as friends. We were together all the time. We were. People literally thought either they're married or they're family. Like that's how close Mm -hmm. we were. Yeah. Um, and it really was just a really good, healthy friendship, yeah. like exactly what I needed. Um, I, I was safe, you know, with him, like I could share my, my thoughts, my fears, not anything crazy. Cause there was that respect of the fact that we were not a couple, but right. he knew I was praying to get married. He knew that one of my fears was that I couldn't have kids. And so I didn't think someone else would want me, you know, would marry me. I could marry a minister because I'm a divorcee, you know, <laughs> like all these things. And we would talk a little bit and he would give me advice on the different people in my life that I was talking to um, guys. He'd be like, that one's not the one, you know, and <laughs> he would date the people he dated or was engaged. And I would try to stay out of that so that some girl wouldn't be mad at me, <laughs> you know, try to be the good friend, but not, you know, I, I was sensible. I was yeah. mature. So um, moving forward. Yes. We went out to eat and in August at a restaurant that she had ever been to, a person in my church owned it. So I've been there several times. Anyway, I was gonna tell her then at our little Italian restaurant. And I didn't get enough nerve to tell her there. So we left, <laughs> she dropped me off at my house and she went on to her house. And so I went into my house and I decided to text her. Horrible. And so what I did was I texted her and I said, <laughs> what do you do when the person you're supposed to be with has been under your nose the whole time? Yeah. That was my text. 
And so she's like, who is she? Like, do I know her? What's her name? Do like, I know her pastor? All these like, questions. how did you meet? Like, give me the details. Because now I'm actually a little shocked because I'm like, you just now telling me, you know, yeah. but, like you like somebody. I'm your best friend. Like, how did you, what is this? Yeah. Like, who is this person? So I told her, I said, it's you in the text message. She's like, stop playing. Yeah. And she's still texting that. I said, no, it's you. So somehow we got on the phone talking to each yeah. other. And... And to speed that up, yes. um, we went, we decided after all the conversation and about 24 hour, 48 hour, 24 hour span. That we're going to pray about that it. We're, yeah, that we were going to pray about it. And then within the 24 hours, we ended up going from praying about it to, you know what? It is what it is. Let's get married. Let's get married. Hey. <laughs> for six years. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. we had, a, pretty much everything we had, we'd had so many dinners together, yeah. so many conversations together, so many church services together. Like, and I will say it is still different when you marry it somebody, is very different but regardless, we, we, we knew each other so from August to December. It was that actually exactly under right under four months that we planned a wedding and all of this got married and God did the most. Yeah, the Holy back, Ghost so. blowout wedding. Yeah. Like, just amazing. That's the way to go. Dad. That's the way to go. If it's the Lord, why wait? That's what I say. That was it. I met my dad for the first time at the wedding. He got baptized in Jesus' name and got the Holy Ghost at the wedding. Yep. So wow. That's, that's for another day, long, long story. But so we've been married. This coming December will be 18 years. Yeah. Okay. So how old, I have to ask this. How old were you guys when you got married? So I was, I was 26. And I was 32, right? Yes. Because yeah. I'll turn 50 yes. this month. Because the very next month, so the next, very next month, I turned 26. And yeah. a few months later, she turned 33. Yeah. So. You got that right? Yeah. Right. Okay, good. Yeah, I was 32 and you, yeah. So that's it. <laughs> I remember thinking that surely I would get married before Jesus hit the age of being crucified. Like that was my, <laughs> you know, you find certain things you want to find in the word, right? Like you're like, okay, yeah. so this is my thing. But I was always open to whenever I just knew that's one thing I can, anyone that listens to this, I just knew that I would marry again. Mm -hmm. I just knew yeah. I, I had, I would, I had told the Lord, if I don't, if you, if that's not what's in the, the plan, I can accept that. But I am believing mm -hmm. that I'm going to marry again. And I yes. walked in that belief, not foolishly. I didn't attach myself to crazy. I did make some dating mistakes um, because sometimes we try to make things happen that God doesn't want to happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> but when I realized that my choosing wasn't matching up with his choosing and I quit trying to choose, that's when things fell into place. And yeah. I was busy in ministry. That's one thing I, I have always been busy in ministry and not busy for the sake of busy, but busy because I had a calling on my life. Yeah. And if you wanted to find me, you were going to find me serving. Mm -hmm. I in roost was, yeah. was it. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I love your story and I'm, I'm going to have to hear it again in detail at some other time, because I think this is so encouraging for people that are single. And I had, you know, Brother Lamy Diaz talked about singles ministry, something that we're starting um, in our church in Arizona. So I love that, that you had such a wonderful, thriving ministry, singles ministry in Florida. So man, that that's incredible. Um, but I also wanted to start talking about now that you guys have gotten to this point where in the story that you guys have been married, 
when did you guys kind of know that you were going to be ministering together? Because I feel like, you know, Rosson, you were saying that you already knew that you were called. You already were called. And and um, Brother Cedric, you were doing music. And when, I guess I wanted to ask, when did you feel the call to preach or to minister other than like music? Well, I, I do want to say this. I, because of my background being a divorcee, mm-hmm. I really thought I would be a liability to okay. someone was called to be used in ministry, especially trying to get a license. Um, I had heard a lot of rumor meal <laughs> things. Yeah. Um, you know, people say and do different things and people stand in on, on different things sometimes without what I call um, an abundance of love mm-hmm. in their interpretation. But with that said, I had a very, um, a very encouraging and loving pastor um, at my home church who said, you know, basically if, if God's got this door for you, then, then God will open it. And he did. I, I preached my first ladies conference well before, um, we, well before we got married mm-hmm. um, and before I got licensed. And God just started doing little things to let me know, I, I got you. I'm going to get you there. And not that you have to be licensed to be in ministry. You don't. Right. She was ministering prior to getting her license. Yes. That was just another step into what God was calling her to be and calling us to do. But when we got married, I really thought my role was going to be supporting my husband in his music ministry and that I would be making, because I don't, I, I want to be able to sing. So y'all pray for my vocal cords. <laughs> but I, due to some health issues, I am not able to sing enough to compliment. <laughs> um, and so I figured I would be a great assistant to my husband and I was going to be happy with that. Like I really was going to be happy with that. Um, but my husband, bless him, has always been one, my best friend, therefore my greatest supporter. But because he was also and, and is my husband, his love for me was like, you can't settle. Like you have to become all God has called you to be. And I, I go back to this prayer I prayed um, before we got married, before I had a particular person in mind. I remember listening to uh, a great apostolic woman of God at a ladies conference, uh, Sister Showstrand, powerful powerhouse, uh, singer preacher, and then another non-denominational lady preacher that I was familiar with. And in one night I was sitting on my living room floor in my little apartment as a, as a single lady going, God, I don't want the, the trials and tribulations they went through to get where they're at. Cause I feel like I've got a whole bunch of my own, but mm-hmm. I do want a marriage where we complement each other, like what I see in this, not knowing what happens inside anyone's closed doors, just looking from the exterior. I want a a marriage where we complement each other and whatever you called us to do. And that was my prayer. Um, Holy Ghost and fire, but that's what I wanted, you know? And we're walking that out. Because my husband was like, no, you, you, you're, you're called to do more than this. And there were times uh, that I'm like, but babe, I'm good. He's like, nope, look at you. You're chopping at the bit. So let's move forward a little bit. So people have been talking with her and they would invite her to come and, and speak or something like that prior to being licensed. Mm-hmm. Communication. You could tell that there was something different about her mm-hmm. prior to the license. And for me, I'm going here and there singing or leading worship for somebody, whatever. Teaching workshops. Teaching, yeah. yeah, music workshops, those kinds of things. And and moving beyond that, people kind of started 
just seeing something in both of us together. Yeah. We were always together anyway. Mm -hmm. Somewhere along the lines of uh, what, 2011, 2012, when we really felt the pull, the push, you know what? Maybe we should get licensed because I was a little bit hesitant myself because I just didn't see myself in that aspect. I saw her in that capacity. I didn't see myself in that. But it wasn't because I was stuttering or anything like that. It's just that it wasn't a thing for me until the Lord started showing that to me. And so <laughs> what we decided to do was work toward our ministry license together. Yeah. And so, and I became deathly afraid yeah. um, <laughs> of how that process operates because it brought up trauma from my past um, yeah. to be to be just to be very transparent, to be evaluated by a table of men who would decide whether or not the trauma I went through allowed there to be grace. <laughs> and it was just, it was a lot. And I remember when I said, you know what, God, I've never been one to kick down doors. I don't want to have to fight for this. If, if you've called me, you'll make a way. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, it scares me because I've been traumatized enough, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to be traumatized again <laughs> in, yeah. in this, in this capacity and for not process. for due process yeah. and not because the, the people would intend to do it to harm me, right? That's not their intent. Um, but sometimes that's what happens from mm -hmm. lack of fully understanding yeah. a situation because they're only going to get, um, one person's view um, right. or a few people's view from a 60,000 foot level, right? Versus who's actually walked it and lived it. And so it, it was a little unnerving, um, but God saw us through it. The other thing um, that you can't kind of see today is so I have a couple of autoimmune diseases that make my life somewhat a challenge sometimes. Like mm -hmm. right now I'm dealing with alopecia from mine. So my hair is, is, is out for the season, I, it'll come back, I pray, but it's out for the season. And so I really was concerned that their view on my, you know, my standards with holiness, you know, adhering to, because if they didn't know me, then they yeah. may, you know, make observations and make also observation, making a, you know, make a, a judgment call. Yeah. Um, but mm -hmm. I was very thankful that God goes before you. Yeah. Yes. He really does go before you. And we did not have to kick, scream, push, pull, fight. Maybe others did prior to us. I don't think we got here on our own. I'm sure some others have gone through and I've talked to other women. They've had all types of stories and I've cried with some of them and cried for them. Um, but I have to be, we were embraced. Yeah. And one thing about that though, is that for us, we have been serving True. in our district for several years. We were very visible in our service. Not that we were trying to be visible, it's just that's what we were doing. And mm -hmm. so our district knew who we were. Yeah. I knew that we served the young people. We did a choir. We worked at, I did youth camp. We and, served in our local churches. Yeah, we so, did yeah. everything that was asked of us. So they knew we were already out there serving. And so when we went before the board, and we're, trying, we're cutting some of this out because there's so much there. We went before the board. Um, they asked a few questions and she, we brought- We went through the due things. process. Yeah. The due process had to happen. Yeah. 
um, especially if you come from a divorce background, yeah. there's extra things they have to do. Yeah. All of that was done. Um, in fact, the way it stands, you have to be approved, not just by your district board, but by the executive board of the UPCI. So it didn't have to go through that and be vetted. And I understand because yeah. I, I work in a um, in a, another occupation that requires due diligence as well yeah. in, in vetting situations and people. So I fully understood that it had to be done, but sitting in that chair yeah. was nerve wracking. Mm -hmm. I mean, just to say, 2013, we got our local license together. Yes. And in 2015, we got our general license together. Yes, we, we went for the board together yeah. to get our license. Yeah. And so we're both, we'll we're both reverend on. and reverend. We'll be moving <laughs> on and together as well. Yeah. So yeah, that's the goal. I love that. I love that um, that you guys were able to do that together. So I do know that you guys, and I'm going to kind of just jump a little bit ahead here. I do know that you guys um, were in the Kansas City area, and you guys co-pastored. And so, and you know, there is not when I think about my modern Pentecostal movements class, brother, uh, Dr. Robin Johnston, you know, talking about what some of the early Azusa Street revival, you know, tag team ministers, ministers' wives, and, and you know, they were co-pastors. There's so many of those that you hear. Um, and then we kind of lost a lot of that, but you guys were doing that. And I thought that was just incredible that you did that in church planning in that area. But what did that kind of look like for you guys and, you know, sharing the responsibility and for people that are kind of like, what, they co-pastored? What, you know, <laughs> such a foreign concept to them. What did that look like for you guys? And it was such a foreign concept to some people, but I will say this to start off with, and I'm going to say more of this, but I'll say this. If you are looking in the Bible for what your, um, If you're looking for what you want to see, that's all you're going to find. Right. But if you're looking to be open to what does the word say about yeah. Yeah. this mm -hmm. or this, this ministry, then that's what you're looking for versus trying to find a reason why it shouldn't happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we understood what our assignment was and we understood what the word of God said. We understand mm -hmm. what the mission is and all those things are. We also understand what the word says about leading. Yeah. What the word says about um, joining together, not being unequally yoked. Like, there's all kinds of scriptures to go along with what we were doing. But mm -hmm. what we were doing was we were leading the people. Yeah. Right. And I knew what she had in her years before we got married. And I also never had an issue with a woman ministering or a woman pastoring because of how I grew up. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a church where I was so privileged to see people like Dr. Janice Showstrand and Nona Freeman and Thetis Tenney and just uh, Donna Linville, like all these people coming through, Vesta Mangan coming through and preaching in our church. T.F. Tenney and Thetis Tenney and brother and sister Showstrand were the only two, I think, couples that I remember that always came together for the most part and ministered together. Brother Tenney would take the Sunday morning service. Sister Thetis Tenney would take the Sunday night service. They would both have their own separate messages. And I thought it was amazing. I didn't think anything was weird, different, because that's how I grew up. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until I got older mm -hmm. that I understood that some folks were like, what? 
<laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? But when you search the scriptures for yourself and you understand what the word of God says, you can have an assurance within yourself of what you're doing is, um, is ordained by God and you're going to be okay with that. Yeah. And we, we don't, no, you, you can go just a second, but we, we cannot allow ourselves to be governed by man. God has put a calling on your yeah. life. Mm-hmm. I understand what being submitted to my leadership is or my pastor, whatever that thing is, but we were mm-hmm. pastoring and God called us to that. And so we were doing what we had a blessed assurance mm-hmm. to do. And I would have to say we did it quite well. Mm-hmm. And I think pastoring together is what allowed our ministry where we are right now to blossom because we do know how to work together. Yes. And, and the strengths and the strengths and the weaknesses there there's there's a ministry way that my husband has that's different than my way of ministering mm-hmm. but they complement each other yeah. um i'm glad you mentioned submission I, a lot of people ask so like how do, no i'm fully submitted to my husband um fully submitted to my husband leading in a church position that co-pastoring capacity is somewhat different than, than what would happen within the context or the walls of our home and in our family. In our, in, in our household, in our personal home, he is, he is the head. Um, mm-hmm. When he called us to pastor, he called us to pastor together and his strength, just like in other church settings. And, and it's not, like you said, it's not a new thing. It's not, um, no. it's just things that, you know, I, I think there's a cultural preference for some things. There is some insecurities in some areas um, mm-hmm. there's also some just lack of understanding, understanding. or revelation. Yeah. And I don't fault any of them because there's a place in time for everything. Yeah. Um, but God's in control. Yes. And as long as we're in the word of God, which I always say, you know, be in the book, be out of the box, but stay in the book, yeah. you know, let God lead you. And it's all through the word of God that yeah. he utilized women in very strong headship leadership yes. roles that did not change the fact that they may have had a father or a husband, but their role that God called them to that we look at and we quote and we preach out of mm-hmm. was an authoritative leadership role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I always say this as well. I am not one for, you know, debating or, or arguing or trying to convince someone else um, of what God called me to do. Mm-hmm. work at is convincing someone that God loves them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's if I'm going to fight for something, it's going to be that yeah. <laughs> everything, yeah. else, everything yeah. else, God will take care of mm-hmm. every open door, yeah. every table, every closed door. I let him handle that part. My God, my role. In, and I think our role that we walk in is just letting people understand it. No, God loves you. And yeah. this is where it's at in the word. And when we are is, you know, we talked about, uh, Priscilla and Aquila, and we understand what our ministry is and how kind of how we're designed and laid out in our teaching methods and what we're doing as we travel the country and travel the world, we're doing what God has called us to do. Everybody can't be whatever, you know, this preacher is doing, preach like them or preach like them or teach like them. No, we're doing us and what God has called us to do. So what we're doing is we are going wherever God allows us to go. And we are teaching together. Mm-hmm. We're teaching separately. We're preaching together. We're preaching separately. I'm singing. Where she's worshiping. I'm clapping. We're doing everything <laughs> that we can. We're taking all of us to the world. 
Yeah. You know, you have the great preachers. You have the great streaming preachers. You have the great teaching preachers. We are a mix of all of that, but we're just doing this. We're comfortable in our skin and who God has called us to be. Yeah. And so that is what we're doing. Because you can learn from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't model ourselves right. after everybody because God called us to be, we're uniquely created for and it. And I do gleam a lot of my knowledge and information and rightly so for some great men and women of God and some that people may never ever hear, but there's still a great influence in our life because yeah. of how God uses them. And so when we, when we go out, I always tell people when I, whenever I get a chance and we're talking about or mentoring someone, yeah. I'm like, be who God called you to be. Right. They don't need another duplicate of someone else. They don't need someone to, you know, to sound, look, dress, walk, talk like someone else. Yeah. Just stay in the book, holy and righteousness, study and all the things and, and minister as God called you to minister. One of the things that I wanted to mention to you guys is, first of all, I love you guys so much. This is why I love you guys, because there's so many different aspects of you, of the both of you that I I identify with, you know, and so and this is why I'm so happy to have you guys on. But I I mentioned to you guys as well, you mentioned Priscilla and Aquila and, you know, fellow laborers. Um, with Paul and how important it is to study the word. And uh, I will just quickly say that the first time that I even heard about uh, men and women working together was when I went to the Deborah Project and hearing brother and, brother and sister Bernard talk about Brother Bernard and his his parents and how they worked together. And I was just completely blown away. I knew what was in my spirit, but that was kind of what led me to to go to UGST. And so, you know, that, that path led me in that way. And I'm so thankful for it, but, you know, just seeing you guys and what you do, you know, we're just doing what God has called us to do. We are just who we are and we're just doing it, but, you know, it really, I want to mention too, that it does take, and you mentioned insecurities, it does take someone, you know, brother Cedric, who is comfortable in themselves, a man who is like, who is not insecure who is just like, my wife is awesome and I know who I am and she knows who she is and we're going to do this together because it's about the mission. It's about the mission. And so I I love that you guys and appreciate it so much more than I can probably even express in words. Um, But I wanted to ask you guys what, and you kind of already touched on some of these things, but some of the misconceptions that people have about you guys working together, or maybe some of the challenges that you guys have kind of faced and, and, you know, maybe not go into too many kind of, I know there's probably been a lot of different situations, but just some of the kind of the brief kind of things that you have challenged have had come at you, you know, as working together in ministry and what that kind of has looked like for you, misconceptions that people have had. This is what I will say. Walk through the doors that the Lord opens for you. Don't kick down the doors. Yeah. Every door won't be open because of other people's beliefs. And that is something you're going to have to be okay with. And um, it doesn't mean that they're going to hell or any of those things. It's just that they're not ready for you. And so what we're doing is, you know what, Lord? We know what you've called us to do. We're going to walk through the doors that you open for us. Mm-hmm. And as my wife already said, we're not here to debate anybody. Yeah. Right. We know people who don't believe 
in women ministering in different capacities or at all. <laughs> you know? Minister on the floor, but not in the yeah, pulpit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and even if, if we if just say if we went to a church that they didn't allow the woman to minister on the platform, then we but would. they could minister down on the pool down I, at the yeah. front, then I've heard Brother Bernard, you know, have that same thing. He said, you know what, my dad got up and 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 preached. And then he said, my, my wife's going to come testify. So she testified <laughs> from the altar area, but as she finished preaching the message, yeah. people got the Holy Ghost. Right. So that we're defining who's doing what. It's that we are going forth and doing what God called us to do. Yeah. And so if we're going to a church and that's what the pastor's request is, then we, we'll we, honor that request yeah. and let the Lord have his way. And not be offended by it yeah. and not feel any kind of way honestly yeah. it's no different than we go someplace and say they have a platform guideline that says you know no wedding rings yeah fine mm -hmm. I, you know we ask and, and honestly i i ask like yeah. is it okay if i'm on the platform is it would you rather i sit down here like because yeah. it's really not so much about me as it is about what god wants us to do while we're yeah. there right. and once yeah. you get to that point um, and that's a growing process, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> there are times I might have felt some kind of way about it in the yeah. past, but as God has healed me, um, strengthened me, encouraged me, I've gotten to the place and we've gotten into the place yeah. where we're like, you know what, God, you got this. Yeah. It's okay, whatever they require, as long yeah. as it's not sin, we're good. I will say <laughs> that for the most part, and I would say probably more so in the last five or six years or so, I would say that the People are inviting us. Understand that it's to us. Come. Yeah. One of us. You know, she might preach a ladies' conference and they might ask me to preach, whatever. And so she's not preaching there. But for the most part, our invites have been for us. Yeah. And so we've not had to really deal with a lot of that, thank God, more so recently, because we've just been walking in who we are. And I think the more confident you get in what you're doing, you have less focus on the negative portions. Not that those won't happen. It's just that you're just moving forward in what God has called you to do. And as you're doing that, people are seeing that. And so you, when you get the phone call or you get the Facebook inbox and say, hey, can you give me a call? Yeah. They're inviting us to come in and do what we do. Yeah. So and that's been a blessing. It, it has really been a blessing. And I, the other part is that, you know, you just have to know that God loves you. Mm -hmm. Like, that sounds so simple and even in this all this full discussion because when you realize god loves you and his desire is to reach this world he'll work it out for you yeah he really will while he's working it out in you he'll yeah. work it out in everybody else mm -hmm. and i've seen him make doors that mm -hmm. didn't exist. yes i mean and, and it's funny you were at deborah project because i love deborah project i'm a big supporter and i was at the conference one day when brother bernard was sharing and i cried he was sharing about the journey of his his mother and his father and how she pastored a church mm -hmm. and he pastored another church. Yep. They did missions and they did a lot of things together and how they worked. And I was like, okay. But one thing he said that I held to, he said, you know, there may be occasions where people won't make a platform for you. They won't, they won't let you on what they built. Fine. If God's called you, find another way just to get the gospel out. Mm-hmm let him worry about everything else. Like create your own opportunity, not kick fight. I do say if yeah. you're under someone that's just not 
in agreement with what God's calling you to do, be patient. God will work it out. He will work Pray it out. It. Pray about it. Let him lead and guide you. I've seen some of the most miraculous things happen um, that grew both of us. And I will say this um, so that no one gets it wrong. Like we spent a lot of time in prayer together as a couple because we need to. <laughs> not for the faint. We do a lot. You get tired. I have health complications. There are times when my husband's having to put my shoes on um, or sit with me in a hospital room. You know, it, there's all the things that we deal with, yeah. which is also a lot of times why he's with me in travel. Um, and I remember the times when I, we picked on the perception of some other men by his support of me. Mm. Process of, of, of working that out, you know, and, and we've just gotten to a point. It took yeah. growth. It took going to God. It took a lot of things for us to get to where we're at, to where we can walk now and go, okay, God, we know yeah. you have us. Mm -hmm. Take care of any and everything, including us. And we're just going to march it out. And we have a lot of people that pray for us, a lot of people that cover us, a lot of people that love us. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing the, the support structure that God has put into place. Um, I'm looking for God to do a lot of more great things in that, not just for us, but for others. But mm -hmm. for now, he, he's making sure we're not, we're not, we're not out here, um, an island unto ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. We are a part of the body of Christ. And we have a pastor. Yes, and we have a pastor. And a great right. church. Yes. And I, I, when I was at UGST, you know, brother, there's no one better than brother, brother Aaron Batchelor. So appreciate him, love him, and, and first lady, sister Brianna. So great we church there. We love them and how amazing that church is. And it's, it, new life is a great two words they 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 give life yeah and we're a we're, we're blessed to be able to 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 be there when we're not ministering out and to allow our daughter to have a chance to be up, a part of church and yeah. we're also pouring out our there we don't just go there and sit we serve where we can yeah and so that's what we do and i i want to just point out too one of the things that i'm hearing you say is that you know it, it's not it's just about being who you are but that whole thing about not being offended of, uh, you know, okay. And, and one of the things that kind of has been my, maybe my motto in my own personal life is, you know, if, if there is a, a table that no one's going to let you sit at, you build your own table, you know, you make your own table, you find another way, creative way um, to minister and to encourage people to tell people about the Lord and spread the gospel. So, and that's exactly what you guys have done is you have built your own table and have made, you know, but and not just build your own table, but you have invited other people to yes. sit at the yes. table. And that's what it's about. And somebody mentioned that to me, Lorraine, make your own table and invite people to that table, yes. you know, who, who feel the same way that you do, who are going in the same direction that you do. And, and I love that because it, it can be so easy to be offended because, I mean, I'm just imagining, you know, you know, my husband gets to sit on the platform, but I don't get to sit on the platform. I mean, for me, that would be like, you know, <laughs> being able to be like, all right, I'm a minister too. We have the same minister's license and he gets to sit on the platform. I don't get to sit on the platform. You know, what is that? You know, it can be easily to just get like, but just being like, all right. Okay, you know, we're just here, just we're gonna pray some people through. People are gonna get the Holy Ghost and God's gonna move. And then, you know, 
it is what God wants to do. So I love that, that attitude. And I know, like you just mentioned, it's been a growing process. It didn't kind of come overnight. (laughs) Humanity is what humanity is, but I will say God is doing a lot of great things on the earth. And what I say is man's tradition is not God's doctrine. Right. Mm -hmm. We have to doctrinally correct in the book and then everything else God takes care of. And I, I, I do see that God is just doing amazing things and he's making room for so many people to be great for Jesus. And there's so many ways that that looks like it used to be the pulpit was the pinnacle place you want to get mm-hmm. because that's tradition, right? Mm-hmm. God is, I, you have your platform. This is full ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many others using all that God has gifted them to reach this world. Right. And it doesn't look the same as someone else's, but it's the same end goal. Exactly. To the role. And it may come through being a counselor. It could become through being an accountant, a lawyer, a doctor, a janitor, a cook, a stay-at-home mom who has a mom's group. Whatever it is, that's, that's ministry. Because God's using that for your life to preach to others. And you may impact way more than any pastor who has a congregation in his town. Right. Yeah. That's, that's how I've learned to look at it. And then when God's ready, whatever table he creates or table he wants us to sit at, then we'll, we'll be there. Mm-hmm. But regardless, we're, we're laboring. We're, we're walking this out. That's it. And, uh, you know, with technology and all of the things that are coming up, it's like we, like you mentioned, it's no longer necessarily has to be, the pulpit there are other avenues and ways for us to minister creative ways other ways other tables to be built other things to be doing other avenues of ministry um that we're just starting to tap into i mean who knew that social media could be a ministry exactly nobody would have thought that years ago um and i'm thinking two years ago when god brought me on this very long journey of counseling you know years ago would i have ever thought that this is what was being needed in this hour you know like what are you doing and then here i am and and you know we it's just what is needed what god needs for his kingdom so i just wanted to ask if you both of you had any closing remarks and i I always love the, even the very small time that I get to spend with you or get to see you guys at general conference or here and there at conferences because you are such an inspiration to me. And I, I've told you guys and I've told other people, like, this is what I want for my life. When I get married, this is what I want, the Priscilla and Aquila tag team. You know, I want us to be fellow laborers as a person that has a general minister's license and involved in ministry you know, being able to work side by side with my husband, whatever that looks like, you know, th- those are, those are huge goals for me, but is there anything else that you guys want to share with our podcast listeners about your ministry, about anything that you've learned, anything at all that you want to share? Yeah, I want to add this to it. Uh, it's something that we normally say when we do a little Tuesday night live mm-hmm. on Facebook, but we have learned to just love people. Yeah. You love people, you'll serve people. Yeah. Serving people looks different in at every aspect and every person. But when you have a heart for the things of God, but you have a heart for people, then the reason you're serving those people has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing you you will not more than likely get anything in return. <laughs> but you can see that life 
yes. change. You yes. see that life. You see what grows with them. You see where you they see are, healing. where they are now versus two years from now. That's the joy that we get. And I want to see that person in heaven one day. Mm-hmm. I want to see them thrive down here on earth one day. So when yeah. we just put it all out there, some of you people say like, well, the Bible says I have to love you, but I don't really have to like you. I'm like, I get it. I'm not liking somebody. But if my intentions is that I love you, then I try to find a way to like you as well. Mm-hmm. Versus you just get on my ever-loving nerves and I just can't <laughs> like you. There, there really could be some of those like that. But when you're in ministry and you're really trying your hardest to be a difference maker yeah. in somebody's life, you don't know how they grew up or what they've had or to go what made them who they are to get to yeah. where they are. Yeah. You don't want to be that last stumbling block or that next stumbling block or the stumbling block. You want to be someone that when they get to you, they've gotten to a safe place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for us, I would like to think that we are a safe place. Yeah, we try to be. Lord help us. We do yeah. try to be. Um, because I think we know because of our past um, things we did, things done to us, yeah. our experiences, we know what it is to, to be on the outside. We know what it is to be rejected and, and left and abandoned. We know what it is to be talked about, mistreated, the whole song, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. we understand that, our heart's desire is to help as many people not have to experience yeah. that any further, yeah. in, especially not by way of us. And I've, I've said this to someone recently, if we could get them to the foot of the cross, then that's where everything changes for the good. Yes. That's right. where it can be healed and no longer be the person you don't want to like. That's when it can be delivered and be made whole and salvation. And so I remember I was praying about a situation and God said, do you want to be right? Or do you want them saved? Mm. <laughs> and I said, it's yeah. more important that they are saved and not spend eternity in hell than me being right. Mm-hmm. And so I have to put aside my feelings and my expectations and my, my hurt and go, no, this is what's more important. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I do believe in due process. I'm not talking about criminal things and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. totally different. But those other things that make up the most of what we deal with in this on this yeah. earth, that's where the priority lays. Yeah. I want people to make it to heaven. Right. Amen. Amen. Well, I am so grateful that you guys have agreed to do this interview with us. And I know this is going to be incredibly encouraging. I know it has been an encouragement to me already. So thank you again. And and I mentioned that we are going to, um, when the podcast comes out in a few weeks, that we'll go ahead and put on that, um, the link. Thank you again. And to all of our podcast listeners, God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God.